the Musama Thoughts Podcast. Striving for Jannah. for Jannah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Here we are again with our fifth episode of the Muslima Thoughts Podcast. Inshallah, before we get into the episode, um, I'm just going to kindly shout out our sponsors, the Olive Orchid Boutique and their well-being box. Their well-being box has a range of different products um, with like detox teas, dates, um, shifa honey, which is actually Yemeni sida honey. Inside is um, also um, either a tea bag of tea or a tea strainer. Inshallah, every every box she sells comes to us, inshallah, and uh, of a ten percent donation. So, inshallah, buy from her and you know get the best out of your well being through her box, inshallah. Ojazakallah khair, Sister Lima, for that. Um, today on the podcast we have me, um, Z, and um, Lima. Um, it's going to be a two person podcast from Muslima Thoughts. Um, We've done one previously with um, Aisha and Khawla, so this is more or less following the same pattern, a bit of a um, friendly conversation. And our topic, as you guessed from the title, is marriage, the dur- the before, the during, and the after. Um, all aspects of marriage, as much as um, me and Lima's um, knowledge goes up to, if that even makes any sense. Um, so first of all, I want to start with a disclaimer, just saying that marriage is from the Dean, and we know that there are many sisters out there currently, young sisters who have, or actually even older sisters, um, who have, um, who tend to have a bad stigma about marriage. And the thing is, you're right, but you have to think that it's the person that you've heard about in that marriage situation, um, whoever it might be, that is the person who's is the person that makes. The marriage bad not the actual idea of marriage not the actual concept of marriage within itself an example is um like stereotypically just because one person within that race is such and such that doesn't mean that the whole race is like that stereotypically we're looking at it also in terms of education because most of us in the um sisters group all have an educational background so why not use an education analogy if the teacher is bad and, or if the student is bad, that doesn't mean that the whole education system is bad, or this doesn't mean that whatever you're studying is bad and you shouldn't dwell into it. No, in fact, dwell in, go into it, but before you go into it, find out who that teacher is, find out who your fellow students are, find out what environment you're going to be in. And the same, that's the same thing with um, marriage, isn't it, Lima? Yeah, 100%. And just for a bit of context, we're not speaking on marriage in like a superficial way. We are both... Um, married ourselves and whatever we speak about will be either from our experience or what we can actually tell you it's not going to be mm-hmm. you know um just from our own mind you know because imagine like you know there's people who speak and they're like oh marriage is like this or marriage is like that but you know sometimes it doesn't have any depth to it when you can't really go into deep how it is yeah, and like yeah. Z said you know when you were saying how um like just because like a person is bad or a teacher is bad or a student is bad like it doesn't make the whole um system bad or the actual subject bad and like you said like it's just based on people's experiences so some people might have a bad experience and some people might have a really good experience it doesn't change the fact however obviously like you said like the whole aspect of marriage there's no there's no fault in it there's nothing bad in it because Mm -hmm. even if you look at islam there's no fault in islam but there might be you know folks in muslims you get it so the 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 religion is perfect everything about the deen is perfect but we're not perfect um same way as even as someone who's in a happy marriage their marriage is still not going to be perfect you know there's going to be definitely ups and downs i mean everything that we dwell into in life everything that you put yourself into everything that you um give and receive from is a roller coaster there's up there there's down there's there's not a person on earth that can tell you, yeah, life is smooth for me. I don't have a down day. No, you do have a down day. You just are very well with dealing with it in that case. And can you please find me? Because I need the strategies in my life. But 
that's beside the point. Now, um, I feel like we should start from the beginning and start from ourselves as humans, as a girl who is looking to get married and how we can improve ourselves no matter how, I mean, we're all flawed. We're going to be flawed. Our potentials are going to be flawed. But how do you improve yourself so those flaws don't... Um, I can't think of the word. Like affect us. Basically affect you or affect those around you. And um, I feel like personally is sitting down with yourself and having a, a bit of self-reflection after anything that might you feel like might have affected you or those around you in a negative way. Um, just having a self-reflection, think of your own strategies of how to deal with it and just be like, you know, um, this happened, that happened, how can I handle it and so on and i feel like we should always fall back onto the deen and islam about how to deal with our own flaws like if we're angry um there are structures in islam and how to deal with that if you're impatient there's structures in islam to deal with that we're not going to dwell into those because each person will need to do their own research and i would rather you do your own research than us giving you research that may not benefit you and uh, from or your situation yeah because yeah, everyone knows their own situation everyone knows who they themselves are um there are different subhanallah islam is just so beautiful that any question that you have you will find the answer to um if it's not from the companions if it's not from the tabi'in it's from the prophets and if it's not from there then it's from the quran and sunnah that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave examples of it himself and so on what do you think Nima? yeah you know, and if we were talking about, you know, how to improve on ourselves, obviously that's the must, even without marriage. Like every day we should try and make ourselves better and do what we can to be better. You know, every day it's about going up and not down. Just simple things like working on your character, you know, having good character traits, because good character traits, obviously it is a benefit for you, but it will protect you from harming other people. It will protect you from, you know, being good support to other people it's a good way of um you know giving dawah like if you have good characteristics and you know good adab and you know um and akhlaq all those things are something that our religion tells us to have and like that's a big part of our just general of how to you know be good and everyone has flaws you know we might have some of us might be you know have anger issues for whatever reason you know we're angry some of us lack patience some of us you know lack honesty you know and if you think about all these things that i've mentioned honesty um patience anger you know those things fall into our day-to-day -day and you know and that can also if we go back to the marriage topic can it affect people in their marriages so mm -hmm. Obviously, you have to think about obviously being a good person, you know, in a, in a marriage and not affecting the person you're with or the people around you. But then thinking on it, if you're even living singly and not affecting like the people around you as well. Yes, always, and, you know, with that, like generally on how to like disease, like you said, Z, like when we're trying to improve ourselves, there's always something like, for example, when you mentioned like if someone's angry, there's things in like the Quran or in Hadith or you know telling us how to deal with it so maybe go lie down go make wudu mm -hmm. you know um you know do uh, wash your face you know all these different mechanisms that you can use rather than lashing out on someone you know so you know there's all these different things that we even patience you know we're told that patience is like an act of worship but sometimes if you have that intention that patience is an act of worship it'll try and make you like stronger on trying to be as patient as you can and like I said, it's not, again, just for marriage. These things you can fix beforehand and make sure. And this kind of brings me to a question that, like, people ask quite often is that, um, like, I don't want to get married or I don't want to get married because I need to fix this or I want to become Hafiz of Quran or, you know, um, I'm not good at this. And I think with that, like, I how I see it, like, personally is that, you know, for example, like I want to memorize or I want to do something with my life or benefit but sometimes it's nice to have someone that could like help you in that do you get like you don't always have to wait for you to achieve your goals to um to get married for example you can try and like still have your goals because that's your independent thing but also share that and achieve that with your partner but if you know you have specific 
um, flaws that you want to fix, like for example, your character or, you know, um, and uh, anger or patience or any of those things or just general things and you want to fix it because you don't want to cause a problem to someone else then that's understandable but again sometimes you can't fix things if you can't experience it does that make sense yeah to a certain level to be honest I agree with you Lima however I also think that if someone wants to start a journey and they're adamant that they want to start it before getting married or be yeah. on that journey before getting married I would say don't wait until the end of that journey to get married because you never know when that end will be. If yeah. you want to become a husband, you don't guarantee yourself the next day. 100%. Yeah. So start your journey ASAP. Start your journey with have Start your journey with um, yeah. knowledge or if there is um, a worldly gain that you need, like a course or something like that, start it. Yeah, start it, 100% start those journeys, but there's no time limit. Half is, you can become half is in two years, five years, six years, do you get me? Or studying is something like you do all the time, or trying to get a job is something that you have all the time. But don't put a time limit on marriage either, because what we do is we give ourselves like, oh, I'm not ready yet, but when then you are ready, you feel like it's too late, do you get it? Yeah, also on that, um, marriage can take, like the process of it, the finding the proposals, the finding the, right person between brackets i'm putting it between brackets because there is no right person it's just compatibility yeah i think it's that's a better word the compatible person yeah. can take two a month two months three years four years it can even take 10 years <laughs> no even as low as three days two weeks mm -hmm. like i'm talking from people that i know personally from my own experience it takes it takes a variety of lengths of times. So you might as well be on two journeys at the same time, multitask it. One doesn't take that much effort from you, the marriage journey. I'll be very honest with you, it doesn't take much. Apart from the meetings and the getting to know prior to, you know, the the family meetings, each other, and then the um, interviews, if you want to call them, of course, with the mahram involved and so on. It doesn't take that much of your time. It takes a, a bit from your mental um drainage if that is a word because you're preparing yourself to speak to someone that you've never met before from the opposite gender and you've basically just never done it before and even if you've done it 500 times it's, it's always a new experience each time it's a new questions each time you don't know what in the world the person's going to ask you and i feel like that moves us on to um like the misconceptions of marriage and i think we've already covered that about you know the bad stigma about it and the social stigma and so on but and by you putting yourself in that situation you can test out what are the cultural barriers then you can start tackling them there might be people who have it that way there might be people who prior before even stepping into the marriage um challenge of culture and so on but be open about it have an open conversation with your parents explain to them as much as you can that culture and islam there is a there are most time don't mix together find out their reason and why have an open conversation with them and bear in mind that your parents are there to support you no matter what they have your best interest in mind but try and speak to them and find out exactly what the root is and from to be honest it could be a racial thing it could be oh um a regional thing it could be a stereotypical thing allahu alam you wouldn't if you do know try and tackle it try and give them reason why they should debunk those ideas um but if it's something silly and petty and so on like that it's up to you to judge your own situation to be honest but try your best and if worse comes to worse speak to people speak to someone who can give you advice someone close someone you can trust and so on um yeah, yeah on that it was just um how you said like you know speak to your parents your parents have your best interests at heart um but obviously there are people who you know you might come from a family where you know your parents aren't really on board or your pet you don't have that a good relationship with your parents there are cases where people don't um but even in that sense you know and um in terms of cultural barriers i think one thing to always remember about that or anything got to do with culture is like z said was that culture and islam don't usually work hand in hand sometimes it can but a lot of the times it doesn't 
And I think the thing you remember is you get your parents on board. You, you know, you do tell them about it. You know, you do have a good civil conversation with them. But you do have to remember that even Islamically, your parents aren't the ones getting married. You are. Mm-hmm. And you need to make sure you're the one that's comfortable with everything. And you're not just saying things because of your parents. Because imagine you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you don't mean any of those yes. And deep down, you actually don't want to get married to a certain person. But because you feel like you have to because you're real parents technically that's worse for you because you have Mm -hmm. to remember that it's not just your life you're affecting you're going to affect the you can potentially affect the woman or the man that you're marrying you could affect your future kids that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff with not being fully prepared for something and not being true to yourself about it as well honest to yourself and to those around you 100 percent that just also means that just shows person's maturity and readiness for marriage if they've if you know to be straight with it if you know you're ready for marriage is when you're truly honest with yourself and mm-hmm. i feel like that kind of in that kind of ties in with the real principles and having like having sets principle knowing knowing who you want to marry not yeah. exactly but a rough idea having mm-hmm. the absolute no-nos you must be this and having those that could consider you if you have sort of section i mean from personally i'll be very honest with you i didn't have okay i was about to say that i have principles no i did have principles <laughs> i didn't have um expectations that's the word yeah. i was like um i didn't have expectations so that's you could be a person that works well with expectation you could be a person that doesn't work well with expectation i personally don't work well with expectations so i went into the marriage thing like not expecting anything just taking it as it comes sort of thing and then it hit me a bit late that yeah I'm getting married but that's besides um but I also had my principles that he has to be Muslim that he has to be you know um practicing on the deen fasting praying you know doing the farahid the obligatory <clears throat> tasks um having some sort of common hobbies with me um you know like compatibility kind of things yeah I feel like the principles are the compatibility tick list, if mm. that makes sense. Like the absolute, the ones that you can't go down on. Like one of my main principles was, um, unfortunately, there are people who celebrate birthdays and have a lot of bidah in their culture and so on. One of mine was no music, no uh, birthdays and like absolutely no bidah and so on. And everything goes back to the Quran and Sunnah. And those are were my non-negotiable. So, yeah. and alhamdulillah, yeah. yeah. Thing is, that's funny because I was exactly the same. Like I went into it, um, with like, not, not um. Obviously, um, let's forget Z and her principles, <laughs> but um, with no like expectations. No principles. Wow. <laughs> um, but with the with no expectations it's not that you don't have expectations we know some people actually set a list of what they want yeah. to go through and I don't think we did that no with me I think I think what I learned from my whole experience was that you naturally have you at naturally have unanswered things in your heart that you don't realize you need until you go through it so like mm. what I didn't know like I was ever thinking about it, but I knew 100% that the, the person I want to marry has to be you know on their dean like like that's the most important and um for me I've always wanted to um you know get better and I know that my main goal was always and what most people's goal is is to reach Jannah and you know the most beautiful thing if you think about it and if you read on books is in like entering Jannah with your spouse you know you and your spouse both entering Jannah together so whatever questions you ask whatever you do should relate and always be a part of that goal and you'll slowly slowly come to realize during those meetings like from that one goal that you both share you'll find like compatibility you'll find answered questions that you'll start answering each other's questions the questions that you do ask and the expectations you should have is um you know don't think about the guy just in a dunya perspective like oh like maybe you may like obviously you can think about if you're attracted to him you have to think about if he can support you yeah all those things are important but also think about can this guy be or can this woman be a mother or father to my kids 
can I live with this person? Is this someone that you could see yourself living with and being happy with? You know, is this the person that you see, you know, your 23rd, 24th anniversary with, you know? Not not someone that is just like a moment thing or I'm sure about the anniversaries thing, Mima. <laughs> huh? I'm not sure about the anniversaries because we're not promoting that, are we? <laughs> not like having an anniversary, but being story. married for 20 like years. 23rd year. Put it that yeah. way. I don't want anyone going out there and saying, of course, it's like encouraging marriage anniversaries. Please, that didn't come out of our mouths. Just saying. I didn't, I actually didn't think of it like that. Like, yeah, I didn't celebrate yeah, anniversaries. You, know, you just see it as a, like, I have to say it. You just see, no, because you know when you just see it as a word, like, it's just like, it's something that says, yeah a year but just because of just natural yeah, yeah sorry guys no one please don't be going celebrating like and making it a thing obviously you can you can be like you know I've been married to you for 10 years but don't make it a big deal okay. inshallah um we'll yeah, so... of the kuffar, so let's just be careful on how we um respect and value our wedding um there was something yeah. I was gonna say and I forgot I lost my train of thought as well. <laughs> but yeah, I think we get the thing of like, if we go back into just general misconceptions, mm. obviously people are thinking like, hmm? mother, like, marriage used to be so simple. Like, back in the days we were talking, like ages ago, way before we were born. And then it just apparently became complicated. But I feel like it's, people that make it complicated and oh 100%. that's what I was I remembered also when you're going through the marriage process when you're going through the questions and the interviews and the meeting the family and all of this and all of that remember that the other person is a human and mm-hmm. they're going through the same thing if not 10 times worse mm-hmm. the guy that you're looking to get married to to the potential husband is at the same time probably looking for a house to have over your head furniture in that house thinking about how the world is going to pay the rent also thinking about how he's going to provide for you and he's also thinking about the future on top of that if you're going into the big wedding vibey thing or if that's part of your culture he's thinking of how to probably um Provide provide for that as well if that is what you guys agreed on just remember that the other person is a human as well and they're going through the exact same nerves, the exact same thoughts, the exact same anxiety that you're going through, if not 10 times 100%, like, if, even for any sisters on a know, like, you, we might be shy and it's new for us and it's awkward, but a man that's properly on his dean and, you know, has been living a life of, you know, you know, you know a good Muslim as he can be, you have to remember he hasn't, most likely been around women himself do you get it like same way as we haven't been around men so he's going to be shy awkward um you know at times as well and it's not just us so sometimes we have to think of that on a man but with a man is like they actually try um and show to be like try to appear more confident so that you're not scared but down yeah yeah, but when you think about it deep down, it's, it's exactly the same thing. And, like, at first, they are going to make mistakes same way as you're going to make mistakes. Like, I have to, if I'm going to be completely honest, like, the first couple of weeks, like, you know, you're, like, you, you, you might say, like, strange things, you might be awkward, you know, you might make a lot of mistakes just out of being, like, nervous or shy. But those things, like, don't make you, those things are just natural. Same way as, you know, your husband might, make a few mistakes or say a few things just because he's not used to he's not maybe yeah, used to like person there that is very close to them if that makes sense like in a marital relationship it's new to both of you guys yeah when after marriage cut yourself some slack and before marriage cut yourself some slack like yeah um, um i feel like we should actually discuss about the wedding and um the mahal and so on and personally, my advice would be is go easy on the person. Mm-hmm. Money doesn't mean everything. Wealth doesn't mean everything. It's what comes after. Because at the end of the day, you want to have a happy life full of baraka. And there's no point in going through waste before the marriage, only for after them, for afterwards. 
you will regret it. Mm -hmm. So just think, think strategically. Find the best option that suits you. I mean, it's a one-time experience, a hundred percent. But at the same time, find out what is reasonable on the pocket, if that makes sense. I think, especially with the meha, is something that you can discuss rather than just come up with yeah. a you know people think okay I'm gonna and this is what I want stick with this go straight in I think respectfully I think there's akhlaq and adab in everything you do there's a way to do things same ways like for example if it's giving nasiha there's a time and place on what you're going to give nasiha on what it's going to be same way as when you're bringing up meha for example even though it's your rights you still need to be fair to the other person you do realize like like yeah. you said like you have to be fair you have to understand someone's situation and you you know you 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 don't want to make it you never want to make anything um a burden on someone and if we think about it like even the parents did you get it like you like sometimes it's not even the daughter being um uh like extravagant someone sometimes it's their father's no mm -hmm. you know saying they're demanding and I think it should never be like a demanding I think it's something that you should discuss it's something that you should um you know speak about see what is in their means uh maybe um you know say you know what is what are you what are you willing to give and then basically work on it as that um and you know another thing that it helps it actually helps um relate like your way of communicating and it's, it shows how you can communicate with that person um, at that time when you're doing that Usually that wouldn't be the girl who would do the communication, if I'm very honest. The girl would do the communication with her own parents and then the parents yeah, yeah, would have yeah. that communication with them. Yeah, yeah, Unless yeah. it's exceptional circumstances and the girl and the potential are the ones deciding it. I mean, I've heard of scenarios like that as well. But mm. that is, you know, that is about being mature about it as well. And yeah. going back to the point that you said, like, the father might be, you know, oh, I want this and I want that and I want that. Sit down with your dad. Tell him it doesn't matter how much, you know, the value of it right now is. It matters later on. It matters how this person is going to treat me, how this person is going to value me and so on. in in my life, how is this person going to take care of our kids, your grandchild, basically. So make him see it in a different way. Um, yeah, but I understand that there are cultures out there that are very extravagant and uh, and feel like that weddings are over the top, and that's completely understandable. But if it's within means and so on, then you know, hundred percent, go for it if you can, if you can afford it, why not? But if the question, the issue lies is where you can't afford it, and you go into debts and loans and um all of this and all of that for what for a couple of hours so think about it and be very very wise about it and this is just my advice as a sister to a sister basically and each person is to their own um yeah we, i mean yeah i just uh, before i forget we posted a question on instagram asking sisters um about you know to send in any questions we have a few that i'm collecting as we go along um so i'll go through them inshallah when we get the chance mainly they're the same question and i feel like i should answer them now one of the questions is how do you approach your parents and the other ones how do you tell your parents especially fathers you're looking to get married again that goes back to the open communication with your parents um with fathers it's always awkward because you don't unless you have that relationship with your father from the get-go then amazing if not then send your mom to do the talking <laughs> yeah always go to your mom you know have you ever seen when like the when like someone goes to her mom and then the mom goes to your dad and then your dad um yeah. goes back to you like a full circle but no 100 you can go in that thing is with that question you can there's loads of different avenues you can go for it but in terms of approaching your parents if you have parents that are very supportive if your parents are the ones that are actually already are the ones actually finding you a, um, a husband then just if, if it's that scenario where your parents are actually trying to find you a husband or trying to find you or your mom is trying to find your wife wh whatever reason it is um but your parents are involved from the get-go 
then I think it's important to always just keep a good communication because sometimes you're not always speaking to your future husband or future spouse con- consistently. You're only doing it when you're when you have time or when you have your um mahram about or yeah. if you have people about. So sometimes it's just very important that you're always open with your you know your mother or father. You know um go asking them to go back and forth with whatever questions. You know making sure that you're always having civil conversation. Um before that point, and I feel like if you can't approach them directly and I understand that drop hints maybe um if there's an opportunity that it comes up with speak like you know oh look so and so's getting married you know inshallah I can't wait for me to get married you know just find a way of opening a conversation you best know your own parents yeah I think also it's um sometimes think of it as there's no shyness in the dean if you know you're ready for marriage and that's something that you know you you're actually interested in you know go to your parents um you know with an actual with actually something to say not like not in an unserious way if you come across like very unserious they're gonna not see you as like mature I think if you go there and say you know what you know I've been thinking um you know I, I I'm ready for marriage um I'm in my last year of uni or whatever I'm doing this I'm doing everything I have to do but I think it's time that um you that I that I start looking for a husband because like Z said at the beginning sometimes it can take a month or three years you get it. sometimes you know you might not be getting proposals straight away but once you're once you've told your parents your dad might you know look around and see if there's actually any you know brothers you know interested in marriage and they set it out from there you know so I think it's just important that you go there letting them know like your what your plan is you know what you want from a husband you know show them what expectations you have show them that you're very mature as well in how you're dealing with it and they'll think you know um you know what I think my daughter's ready to let me look and then in terms of like especially fathers and red flags and finding a spouse I think sometimes sometimes people have you know fathers that are obviously on the same page as them parents that are on the same page as them um in terms of dean in terms of who they want um and very understanding um but then obviously you do get parents and families that are more obviously cultural and like they might only want you to marry in your culture or you know they they might not be thinking about the same things you're thinking about maybe like there's a dean clash all of those um i think the best way to do that is if you're someone who knows what you're knows what you're basically upon so if you know that you you know you're, you're you know you know you're practicing you know you want to find someone that's practicing you know that you're looking for a husband that you know that um your main goal is jannah so whether he's you know from a certain race or whether he's from a certain culture whether he's this whether he's that your main goal is that you have compatibility and that you have the same um you know mindset on things like you, you're that you're the same in some ways and if your parents don't see that because they're the, 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 the person's practicing or they're not from the same culture I think at the end of the day you get them on board you make sure they are um happy and they understand and you don't not have their blessing but like I said before you're the one that's getting married to this person so if you think everything's right you prayed istakara you know you've done it in a halal way you've not obviously done anything haram in the process and you've done everything according to the quran and sunnah and there's a person that you actually you think you know this is the person that you know i want to marry and but your parents are like nah he's from a different culture you can't do that then you have to think for yourself that maybe your parents aren't happy in that moment but sometimes parents do turn their you know their decisions around just in the beginning they might be set in with a back home mentality and they're not really thinking properly so if you've done everything properly sometimes you just have to make a decision based on yourself rather than on your parents because there's been loads of cases where people find all of this and then in the end they're like you know what I'm just going to marry someone that makes my parents happy but you're not happy and that can be a big problem um so never but never get on the bad terms of your parents never like make it that's what I was gonna say I would never say go against your parents and marry this person without your parents At the end of the day, you need get the permission. But like I said, if you've if you've given it to them and you've you've told them everything and you say you've had a civil conversation, but they're coming up with other things that you that might not necessarily be right, you're not not getting their blessings. You get it. Like sometimes, sometimes you have to think of your situations. You get it. So you're not necessarily going against your parents. You also need to have your dad as a wali. 
if you're if you're from a Muslim family, if your parents are both Muslim, practicing, and your dad is still alive, he needs to be your yeah. If your dad isn't still alive, then it's the next and the next and the next. I'm not sure about the process of that, but make sure that whatever if you're deciding to go through with that marriage and you're still trying to convince your parents you need regardless of the matter you need to have your dad as a bully now we're not promoting for you to go and marry um ahmed and muhammad and whoever it is mm-hmm. without your parents consent no yeah. you need to have your dad's your, you do need to have his dad is a yeah. muslim and he's on you know he prays he falsely observes the five pillars of islam you need to have him as a bully full 100%. stop you do um, but it's it's about how you approach them as well. And at first, they might not be with it. But if you're sure, and you like sometimes you just have to go to them saying, you know, I've thought about all of this. I just want I just want you to be happy with it. And you know, um, you know, can you give me your blessing? Can you like you're my really at the end of the day, it's your yeah. decision. And hopefully, it will go to the best. Obviously, everyone's situation is different. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you don't have um, like Muslim parents, for example there is uh, you can like you can um have other people be like a reference or relief for you um and that's obviously practicing that's trustworthy that's known around the community they've Mm -hmm. verified um but again again you still need you can't you can't be doing it and I'm not promoting that you go out and find husbands on your own um and you know you just start looking for husbands and you don't have Willie and you're meeting with people without of um just because you think oh it's getting late or no one's like you never do that um to do especially it. if you're not doing it in the right way there's no barricade it, it needs to be done the right islamic way um way, yeah we just got an, another question about red flags and friendliness plus now with that it's about asking about the person in the local community um finding out how he is with his siblings with his parents because that's a big telltale um if you know someone that works with him or so on how is he at work how is he with handling different situations um you can go down the route of asking situational um questions like if this happened this happened how would you handle it but bear in mind those questions may not reflect the person themselves because they're trying to prove that they're the best version of themselves at that point so it's always better to ask people who have lived through things with that person people who have traveled with him, people who have done business with that person. And, you know, all of those testing circumstances, ask about those from people that have been in them with that person. That will give you the red flags, if there are any, or the good flags, if there are any. Yeah, I'm and starting to make up words. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's about it's it's a hundred percent about asking the right questions as well. And I think thinking about the future, not thinking about the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, some people might think about the moment of the meeting, but sometimes you can do you can have a moment as well, like think about the moment, but it's, and and the present. But it's also good to think about obviously the future. And like you said, like that's one thing I did is like um, when I was having my meetings. Um, just sometimes when you you know your natural future you end up when you speak about yourself you speak about your family or your situation or where you are and sometimes like if you get like a sister who might be speaking like how she is with her brothers and how she is with her mum and her parents or you kind of get a sense oh like that person is very close to their parents or she really loves her parents same way as a guy if they speak really good about their sisters naturally and it just comes out really naturally you kind of know how they respect them and you might feel oh like that person seems very good and how he treats women and that might give you like a sense of um feeling like he'll be able to treat his wife properly or um but then there might be a brother that you speak to and like he doesn't have a good relationship with your with his sisters and he doesn't speak nicely of them and that'll just be like if he can't even treat his sisters properly can he treat me properly so those things will give you a tell sometimes you have to really observe the whole the whole process and if you're feeling if you feel inside like in your heart like think you feel uneasy then you praise the car and you'll actually find those answers where sometimes you actually feel to say that it's your gut's feeling you're literally yeah. you know when they say oh your instinct and so on you will feel it in your gut you will know if that person is right or if that person is wrong if allah wants to if allah has put barakah in that marriage because remember your future your um not future your your life is basically written by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but it comes out already written so 
it's uh, you know when you're making istikhara if allah is making everything easy going and smooth running a little bumps here and there bound to happen but in general you're not seeing anything that is crazy alhamdulillah go for it but if you're seeing if you're feeling anxious if you're feeling you know there's something wrong that's just twisty feeling in your belly nah something's not right um there's far too many problems far too many nerves and so on that's your istikhara answer it's like those are the signs it doesn't always have to be like um a dream or something like it's like you just get a sign if you're very uneasy you're not feeling if you feel all these feelings that unease is kind of your answer like this is not right for me because you're constantly feeling uneasy i'm not gonna lie i remember when um i was having my meeting and like for me i prayed istikhara but i couldn't find a single red flag like Subhanallah, mm. I couldn't find anything bad and I felt so good inside like I didn't feel a sense of unease at all that I kept trying to find problems and like for me it was so bad because I kept them that is not good yeah I kept I was like I was like how can like I was like to my parents like this is my first meeting like how is there no problems why is everything like I pray to Sukkot, like everything is going well alhamdulillah like I'm happy but I don't want to be happy. It was like, I was like, I want to find something bad. It was like, I was giving, and I realized that that's wrong. Like I only learned afterwards that, you know what? This is like my istikhara being answered. Like Allah was telling me and letting me know, like I like he knows what I need more than I know what I need. And because I didn't know what I need and what I wanted, because I was going into this, like um, not properly with um expectations, but uh, I just thought, you know what? Um, you had a stigma basically that in the marriage process is bound to be problems right um sorry a slight technical issue there inshallah everything is going to go smoothly from now on right i think we should move straight into um life after the marriage so we've done the before we've done the during and we've done the process and so on so now it's like it naturally flows into the life after marriage and it always starts with the roles and the responsibilities and the rights for um you know both parties so um for the rights i feel like it's known you know fetch it up do some readings about it read up about it um there's plenty out there on um the sunnah of the prophet وسلم, what the quran says about it but it's gen- generally and correct me if i'm wrong um sister dima but generally the husband is the provider the carer um the person that like provides for the family and the wife is then has takes on the nurturing role quite naturally now for the roles i think men well i think a lot of those things that you said just as a reminder is that they do like some things do work like sometimes it's not only one person it does work hand in hand but when it comes to stuff like providing you have to remember that it's clear-cut stated like there's some things that are clear-cut stated a right of a man a right of a woman no one's saying that a woman can't help with providing and helping out financially but that's from her choice um whereas obviously a man that's his obligation and sometimes I've realized I don't know if you've noticed this but I feel like sometimes like even sometimes if you do it as a nicely like like you want to like help support or chip in with something but if sometimes it can feel like you're taking a job off um them do you get it like that's their responsibility it shouldn't, it shouldn't feel like that because if you have that open communication and if both spouses are on the dean and you know on um islam and so on and about the teachings of it it should never feel like you're taking on the responsibility yeah. of the provider in the family because it's clear cut like you said it's the man's job and yeah that's why i wanted to bring in like to make sure that you can do this but at the end of the day it's about knowing your rights so you know at the end of the day if you can't for example as a woman you like you should never feel like for example you're helping 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 and all of a sudden you don't you, you don't have to be like oh all of a sudden like uh, you don't have to feel bad about it basically do you get it because you know that some things are clear-cut rights whereas that's the man's job same way as like people misinterpret that women have to cook and clean it's mm-hmm. never been stated that we have to do that 
we have every right not to cook for our husbands, but where's the akhlaq and the adab in that? Do you get it? Where's you trying to gain reward? Do you get it? So it's never said that women have to clean, women have to cook. But look at our religion. Hygiene is important for both man and woman. It's an obligation upon every Muslim to have cleansiness and to be clean. So keeping your home clean is something both men and women do. If a woman chooses to take that responsibility on more because her husband's at work all day, then you're getting reward for that. But it doesn't mean that your husband makes it hard for you or a woman, you make it hard on your husband, for example. For example, he's supposed to be the provider and that's his duty. But if you're being extravagant or being unreasonable or not understanding um, his financial um, ability and state and you're asking for those stuff, then you have to remember that you're you're being... um, that you, that you could be the one that's probably making it hard for him to provide for you. Same way mm-hmm. as if a man is, you know, um, you know, being very, you know, not appreciative when his wife cooks, you know, not helping out with the little things of like around the house or making the job way harder, yeah. then as a man, you're, you're causing your wife to maybe be in difficulty or to maybe not be happy, do you get it? So sometimes it's about understanding what your clear cut rights is and then doing things just for the sake of Allah, do you get it? So sometimes yeah. like, you know, a husband making his wife breakfast, you know, do it for the sake of Allah, you know, you're making your wife happy, you know, you're, you know, you're keeping, you know, you're keeping, um, you know, the happiness there, you're helping each other out. Same way as a woman, if you want to, you know, you know, make it easy for your husband in terms of providing for you, then, you know, do that. Like, it's all about, obviously having good communication, having compassion, understanding each other and trying to make, you know, give each other ease at the same time because Mm -hmm. our lives get very hectic. And, you know, when you get married, it doesn't all of a sudden mean that you're not independent in certain ways or your life completely changes. I mean, if we're talking about life after marriage, you know, your life is the same, but different at the same time. You're starting to understand more responsibilities. Like you might have a bit more responsibility, but you still have your kind of life and he will still have his kind of life. Mm -hmm. But you're just learning how to bring those two lives together and making it merge and making it work for the both of you. And the best way to do that is via communication and understanding. And then going back to the dean and understanding what your rights are and what my rights are. And if the thing is, you know, what's really sad is don't go into a marriage ignorant learn your rights beforehand yeah like learn your rights beforehand because you might get confused and you might be like thinking is this my right is it not and you're never gonna know and you might end up you know not you're not fulfilling your husband's right and your husband might not be fulfilling your rights if you know what your rights are you can bring it up in conversation and communicate about it and if he knows what his rights are you know he can communicate it so these things are important alhamdulillah like we are blessed to have so much books you know there's so many but good very good books on marriage and you know there's um you know very good point and good things and lessons that we can take from look at the wives of the prophet muhammad learn from them as well you know so you know these these things are very important but like i said study your rights you know when you know you're in the process of marriage you know read as much as you can on your rights because it will very much help you consistently after marriage but also not only your rights not only your own like you should also read his as well yeah his rights as well so you don't have that you don't go in with that bias oh me 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 you're coming in with us me you and us sort of thing um i feel like um we're drawing close to the end of the podcast to be honest and um we've literally at towards the end we've literally just been given more or less advice at this point so i feel like and conclusion of it is having an open communication with all parties involved, being honest, patient, and basing it all upon the um deen, the deen. and yeah, and the Quran and Sunnah and research. Guess honestly, research. reading, find out, read, um, immerse yourself, listen to lectures, of course, verify your sources, make sure that it all goes back to um. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and it's all sourced properly so that you don't you know create more misconceptions and you know potential disasters and so on but honestly the best advice that I can give you that I give my own sisters my best friends and so on communicate and give cut the other person some slack have patience 
and do it on the um or islands in the way because that's um, forward. and yeah so you know there's like you said like there's some certain things that you know you just you know like you said gaining trust you know um, another thing is trying to do as many things as you can together like sometimes you might have very um maybe very you might be very different but you might be very similar at the same time there's always going to be differences and there's always going to be similarities but do as many things together so you know gain trust you know if it's on like reading for example both of you are new to it most likely like both of you are both in a new relationship this is new for you you know read about things together learn about each other together you know through books and through your deen and always have that ultimate goal that everything you do is for the sake of Allah and you know for um the akhirah there's actually a few things that there's a book called um uh, um the golden rules um for a happy marriage and it goes through um the golden rules based on hadith and that's a very good book that you should read um but before I um end we end the podcast I just want to go um, through through some of those um main golden rules that we can and then we can end it with that sure. so um one of the one of them was that um one of the golden rules was Allah will rectify and strengthen um a relationship if we rectify and strengthen our relationship with Allah so if you have and always try to have a good relationship with your Lord and Allah subhanahu then that will help with your relationship with you and your spouse everything that you do for the like the higher you know uh, the highest situation for example Allah SWT and your deen mm-hmm. that will put so much barakah in your general day-to-day life obviously if you're lacking that then that can cause problems in your day-to-day life and um, some of the salaf said indeed I would disobey Allah and see that its effect in the behavior of my animal and my wife so for example you you know if you have like a pet or an like you know you in the arabs they would like have like pets or animals that they would get like their horses um the, the salaf used to say that if they didn't have a good relationship with Allah that they would notice a different effect um in their animals or their stock or their livelihood same way as you would they would notice a difference with their marriage mm-hmm. another one is that we must acknowledge what each of us likes and dislikes so imagine like you like something your husband should or your wife should be aware of that they like something and if they dislike something you should also be aware of it for example like you know you might a woman might have specific pet peeves that she really dislikes so as a husband you refrain from doing that you know um, so we must, you know, treat each other accordingly. Number three was we must make sacrifices and give up things we desire. So, you know, um, just as general piece of advice, but however, making sacrifices in affairs of the dunya is praiseworthy, whilst making sacrifices in affairs of the akhirah is blameworthy. So if you're doing things for your akhirah, it shouldn't be blameworthy because you're doing it for that. And if you're doing things for the dunya and it's not, and it's not something good, but people praise it, then you kind of know you're doing something wrong. Everything should be done in a balance. So if you're making up sacrifices, you know, to make sure that both of you are happy and that you're both on the same page, then do so. If you're making sacrifices to reach a higher goal in your akhirah, then do so. You know, don't leave everything up for the dunya. Number four is if we are clear and open with each other, we'll both be happy. Abu Hatim said, um, apparent admonition is better than concealed hatred and perhaps a rebuke is more beneficial than a pardon and um a famous poet also said perhaps if you were to rebuke him and blame him he would please you until you would no longer rebuke him so basically just if you're clear and open so sometimes don't hide don't you know feel shy to just let you know say what you need to say because if you're open about things you're able to speak about things you know it's better to, you know, be open and get things out of the way than harvest it for a long, for a very long time, you know? Yeah, get it off your chest or something, yeah. Yeah, and, and then it all goes back to communication as well, because if you can't openly say what you can between someone who's supposed to be the closest to you, like a spouse, then it's going to affect you later on in terms of your communication. 
Um, another one is if one of us becomes angry, the other must remain silent. And people might be like, you know what? But it's very important because you know when anger and anger creates fire, yeah, yeah. It creates fire. So you might be angry, and I know a hundred percent, like sometimes when someone else is angry they might say things that make you angry but in that actual moment of anger it's better for you to be silent because later on that person might see the mistake of their ways and come to you and you can talk about it if you just start talking over them shouting you're just going to end up getting more angry and it's going to end up being an argument so sometimes it's just better to stay calm stay quiet and then later on speak about things another one is apologizing when being in the wrong um you know apologizing removes worries sometimes if if a husband apologizes to his wife yeah it just it, it removes the worries of that time it just makes you feel like you can you can start afresh obviously apologizing can be just one word um but sometimes there is deeper meaning if someone shows actions to show that so apologizing when being in the wrong I think is very important I think it's an advice I'd give to anyone um because it just shows that you have self-reflection, you've reflected on yourself and you don't want to make keep it a lingering problem. And I think in marriage, it's not good to have lingering problems. Yeah. Eight is we must master the art of silence and listening to one another. Listening to each other is very important. Not always, not always trying to be in the right. I think both parties need to make sure they listen. Listening is like not just communicating, communicating and listening work both hand in hand making sure you listen to someone's points and sometimes from listening to someone you can actually rectify things you know have a good discussion on where to work on one part you know where to you know you know be on the same page with another part it, it helps with your communication um number nine would be don't be excessively persistent sometimes sometimes it's good to know when to let something go don't always go on and on and on about something you know once you've made a point and it's you know gotten through you know give the other person a chance, yeah yeah and give them a chance to fix it because sometimes you're not always going to fix something straight away you know mm. you're not you you know sometimes people need a chance to change a certain habit or when we were speaking about flaws earlier some people need a chance to like work on their flaws so don't be like don't keep going on uh number it must prioritize looking after each other and our well-being must take precedence over the well-being of others so sometimes making sure that you know you look after each other and like before you start looking after everyone else around you make sure you're looking after your spouse you know mm -hmm. I think those two things are most important your husband looking after his wife and his wife looking after um her husband before thinking about everything else around you because if you can't fix that then there's it's hard to put too much burden on you and trying to fix everything else around you um and the last one I'm going to say is um we must avoid excessively blaming and criticizing you know we shouldn't always blame each other and criticize I think it's important to just understand that both parties have faults no one's perfect and um you know just to work on things and sometimes just you know try and rectify the problem rather than blame someone or criticize someone for something um obviously depending on the situation and then we obviously spoke about earlier on how um we how we must just work on our flaws and work on ourselves and try to be the best and then so if you just follow certain things and you understand your rights that we spoke about and you listen to just general advice because I think we went through a few topics inshallah mm -hmm. I think you'll be good and you know there's a I mean the main key to happiness is you know thinking about Jannah and you know following your deen and being trying to find contentment in your in your deen so and all of that will lead to barakah and you know in, inshallah increasing you and your husband with love and mercy because it says Allah wants to puts love and mercy between us when we get married so so yeah inshallah um i'm just looking through instagram see if we've missed any questions nope jazakumullah sisters you know who you are to um for asking questions on instagram inshallah we've answered them to the best of our knowledge subhanallah the um 
advices that Emily has, has just given uh, advices to me herself and to the rest of us sisters. We never stop learning. We never stop reminding ourselves. And I feel like we've drawn. I went to a natural close of the podcast. Jazakum Allah khair, sisters, for tuning in. And um, once again, Jazakallah um, khair to um, Olive Orchid Boutique for sponsoring the podcast. Um, give them a check out. You can find them on Instagram, right, Lima? Mm-hmm. Instagram, or if you type it into Google, it should come up. Am I right? Yes, they have a website, um, www.theoliveorchidboutique.co.uk. Um, and check out and look at the Sunnah, are they called the Sunnah boxes or am I making the well-being, the Sunnah well-being boxes. Give them a look. Um, they are both presented beautifully and Allahumma barik, the, um, the, the products are very, very beneficial. And on that note, Jazakumullah khair and Assalamu alaikum.